the QuackCast, Revenant Edition. This is number 225 and is called Courage. References for this particular podcast can be found at the Science-Based Medicine article of the same name from June 20th, 2023. Cowardly Lion. Courage. What makes a king out of a slave? Courage. What makes a flag on the mast to wave? Courage. What makes the elephant charge his tusk in the misty mist of the dusky dusk? What makes the muskrat guard his musk? Courage. What makes the sphinx the seventh wonder? Courage. What makes the dawn come up like thunder? Courage. What puts the ape in apricot? What have they got that I ain't got? Dorothy and friends. Courage. Cowardly Lion. You can say that again. The Wizard of Oz movie version. Slightly edited for modern sensibilities. The medical literature can, I suppose, be divided into three categories. There are the slam dunk studies where the outcomes are clear cut. Penicillin for the treatment of syphilis and heart for the treatment of HIV come to mind for positive studies. Anti-endotoxin monoclonal antibodies for negative studies pop to my mind. Being a retired infectious disease doc, I tend toward infections as examples. Then there are stupid. Those studies that are unhinged from reality, like acupuncture or homeopathy, where you know any positive result is all going to be bias all the time. But occasionally stupid studies get published in the literature. My personal favorite is computed tomographic study of the common cold, where 31 people got their heads irradiated to show that people with a cold had stuffy noses, and it made it to the New England Journal of Medicine. But much of the medical literature is not as clear-cut as one would like. It is messy and often manifests Newton's third law of the medical literature. For every study, there is an equal and opposite study. Well, opposite in results, rarely equal in methodology. The first law? Interpretations of the literature tend not to change with disconfirmatory studies, also known as the law of inertia. And the second law, why F equals MA, of course. Fatuous equals medical literature times a cerebral. I did learn something from that physics degree all those years ago. Large swaths of the medical literature are filled with ambiguity and in reading and understanding it requires lots of qualifiers. As an example, what is the best treatment for methicillin-resistant Staph aureus? I don't know. As the Magic 8-Ball notes, reply hazy, try again. Which antibiotic to use depends on many factors, but my bias is the answer is never vancomycin. I have long said that if your physician refers to vancomycin, I have long said that if your physician refers to vancomycin or any antibiotic as strong, powerful, or big gun, she is an idiot who knows nothing about the treatment of infectious diseases. I digress. ID stands for so many things with me. The flu vaccine is one of those interventions whose effects are messy. Its effects depend upon the vaccine, the host, circulating strains of the flu, prior vaccination, and underlying diseases. Synthesizing the literature either makes my brain hurt or identifies me as a first-rate intelligence. Probably the former. Remembering F. Scott Fitzgerald's quote that Quote, the test of a first-rate intelligence is the ability to hold two opposed ideas in the mind at the same time and still retain the ability to function. I don't know if that's so true. 
Anyway, an ideal vaccine would prevent all illness. Influenza vaccine is not ideal. So what would you like from the flu vaccine? Well, prevent illness, lessen the severity of disease, decrease the spread of disease, decrease complications like stroke, heart attack, bacterial pneumonia, spontaneous abortions, decrease hospitalization, and if transferred to the hospital, decreased transfer to the ICU and subsequent demise. And perhaps lead to smarter, richer children. Plow through all that literature. As I write, there are 41,622 results for influenza vaccine on the PubMeds. Reading one an hour, if you could stay awake, would take 1,734 days, which no one has. And you get the sense that, however imperfectly, the flu vaccine does all of the above. Not just every time in every person. I have long liked to compare the flu vaccine to seatbelts. Not perfect, but better to have them when needed than to go without. Which brings us to influenza vaccine fails to stop hospitalization and death. Large Japanese study shows no benefit on hard outcomes. You will probably be surprised to know that I am a fan of sarcasm and snark, although it is difficult sometimes to make either recognizable in writing. For example, my website is edgydoc.com. When I was doing my infectious disease podcast, I would ask my kids to clarify some point regarding popular culture, which at 66, I am currently far removed. And my son would say, sarcastically, being edgy again, dad. I would not consider myself to be edgy, although I thought it would be a funny name for a website. I really should have gone with Slacker ID. Slacker Astronomy being my favorite podcast when I started all those years ago. Anyway, the above title is from the website Courageous Discourse. And since there is nothing whatsoever resembling courage in what follows, I assume the title is tongue-in-cheek, like standing up for what's right. The author quotes from the results, quote, The multivariable analysis showed a lower incidence of influenza in vaccinated individuals. However, the incidence of hospitalization for influenza did not differ significantly by vaccination status. Protective effectiveness against influenza waned quickly after four or five months. Then they courageously comment, quote, These data suggest the massive effort on vaccination in the general population is a waste of time and effort. If the frail and elderly get no overall direct reduction in hospitalization and death, influenza vaccine should be individualized based on pulmonary and systemic risk. Oddly, the author fails to courageously quote from the conclusion, which says, quote, Our study identified moderate vaccine effectiveness in preventing the incidence of influenza in the Japanese elderly. Vaccine effectiveness showed a trend of gradual attenuation. Clinicians should suspect influenza infection even in those vaccinated, duh, especially in elderly individuals who had received vaccination more than four or five months previously. And the paper notes, quote, multivariable analysis based on time-dependent Cox regression model showed that vaccinated individuals had a lower incidence of influenza, while hospitalization for influenza did not differ significantly between the vaccinated and non-vaccinated groups. Then those pesky qualifiers. The paper notes that the vaccinated group were older and sicker, so the two groups were not really comparable. And they do not know what vaccination was used, regular or high dose. 
in Japan, as best I can tell, they do have the high-dose vaccine for the elderly. I just can't tell if it's used as standard. And then the primary outcome was getting the flu. Hospitalization and death were secondary endpoints, so one never knows really what to make of the results one way or the other. There is a long history of secondary endpoints being unreliable. The authors of the article do note, quote, Second, confounding factors adjusted in the multivariable analysis were limited, especially for the secondary outcome of hospitalization. Those vaccinated may have been biased toward individuals who were more likely to be hospitalized according to the unadjusted vaccine effectiveness of hospitalization. On the other hand, the point estimate of the adjusted hazard ratio for hospitalization was less than one, which suggested the effectiveness. However, the confidence interval was wide, and the results were not significant due to lack of power. This is because the number of events for hospitalization was less than one-tenth the number of events for the incidence of influenza, regardless of the age group. The results should be revalidated in the future with a larger number of events. So, as the original authors suggest, it would be suspect to use the results of the paper to make decisions about vaccine effectiveness for hospitalization. I wonder, why was that not courageously mentioned? As to death, the older, sicker, vaccinated group had more deaths. The study makes no mention on the relationship between death and influenza or the vaccine, and there is no suggestion as to causality. The death rates were just listed on a table and not remarked on one way or the other. I suspect the courageous author read the paper, but in a cursory way, much in the way that the proverbial drunk uses a streetlight. Overall, this is par for the course for the medical literature for influenza vaccine papers that look at large populations and try and draw conclusions. Modest efficacy that wanes with time. But how does it fit in with the literature as a whole? If you PubMed influenza vaccine and hospitalization, you get 9,761 hits. Way too many to go through. There is a meta-analysis on the high-dose vaccine in the elderly. The results were good, as in fewer hospitalizations and deaths. Quote, 15 publications were meta-analyzed after screening 1,273 studies, providing data on 10 consecutive influenza seasons and over 22 million individuals receiving the vaccine in randomized and observational studies. Across all influenza season, the vaccine demonstrated improved protection against influenza-like illness compared to SD2V. HD2V3 was also more effective at preventing hospital admissions from all causes, as well as influenza, pneumonia, combined pneumonia and influenza, cardiorespiratory events. Reductions in mortality were due to pneumonia, influenza, and cardiorespiratory causes were also observed. In diabetics, the same thing. Influenza vaccine was associated with a lower mortality rate. Patients who received influenza vaccine showed a lower risk of hospitalization for pneumonia. A sensitivity analysis using fixed model effect confirmed the results. Community living elderly? In a meta-analysis, quote, influenza vaccine was effective in reducing influenza-like illness by 35% 
hospitalization for pneumonia and influenza by 33%, and mortality following hospitalization for pneumonia and influenza by 47%, and mortality from all causes by 50%. And the trivalent inactivated vaccine that was adjuvanted, quote, our results suggest the vaccine is effective in reducing several influenza-related outcomes among the elderly, especially hospitalizations due to influenza-related complications. Again, in a recent meta-analysis, the flu does more than prevent flu hospitalization and death. Quote, receipt of influenza vaccine was associated with a 34% lower risk of major adverse cardiovascular events and individuals with recent vaccine had a 45% lower risk. So there is a large literature that shows efficacy of flu vaccination in preventing hospitalization and death, as well as a variety of other complications. My first thought after reading the article would not be to courageously question the need for the vaccine, but wonder why was this study an outlier besides low power? Is it something about the Japanese? Is there a racial regional difference in susceptibility to influenza? I can't find anything specifically related to the Japanese. Prior studies have found benefit of vaccination in elderly Japanese. Quote, the adjusted VE determined using a case control study for preventing hospitalization for influenza A infection was 72.6%. In addition, the VE for preventing hospitalization of influenza patient with comorbidities was 78.2%. Although there are not a robust number of studies, what is out there suggests that elderly Japanese may respond particularly poorly to influenza vaccine with an emphasis on may. And I cannot find a robust literature specifically looking at the effects of influenza vaccine specifically on hospitalization and death in elderly Japanese. I would conclude when taken as a whole, that influenza vaccine does decrease the odds of hospitalization and death in not just the elderly, but in all groups, as well as having multiple beneficial downstream effects for both individuals and population. My response from a single outlier would not be to courageously conclude that these data suggest the massive effort of vaccination in the general population is a waste of time and effort. If the frail and elderly get no overall direct reduction in hospitalization and death, influenza vaccines should be individualized based on pulmonary and systemic risks. I would wonder instead, huh, why the outlier? Why was the study different? The methodology, the vaccine, the population? Courage, well, more likely than just good sense. In realizing that a single study in a messy literature is hardly the basis of firm conclusions, or any conclusion. Perhaps the solution lies more in the needs of the scarecrow than those of the cowardly lion. As an aside, I've written 20 other blog entries on influenza and influenza vaccine. They are listed at Science-Based Medicine, as well as prior quackcasts. Thanks for listening. Talk to you later. Bye.